when you like the food you like the people when you like the food you you like the people you you can you can you can integrate together through the food the people will not will know each other more this week on dirty linen well for the past two weeks really we've been talking to wonderful women who've worked in and around hospitality getting their stories finding out what makes them tick and finding out if there's any barriers to their places in the industry and the world in general and I'm really thrilled to bring into this conversation Fahad Ahmed. Fahad is from Somalia. She's living in Melbourne and she's part of a really cool program called Magnificent Mama's Kitchen. Fahan, welcome to Dirty Linen. So great to have you here. Thank you so much. Tell me about the Magnificent Mama's Kitchen program. Yeah, Mama's Kitchen uh, started on October this uh, last year, uh, this year, last, last year. And uh, we are 14 women uh, from mainly in uh, East Africa. And uh, when this program started, when, when the Muni Valley City Council uh, working with uh, Muni Valley uh, uh, City Council, working with us, and we're doing the, the other programs with the Muni Valley City Council. And when we see that the, the women need uh, jobs, uh, especially uh, for us, it's hard because uh, for the English, for the uh, uh, how to look for the job, uh, and we, we started here in this um, Mama Kitchen. And what do you actually do there? We cook. We may, we cook uh, for the the people who uh, uh, happen. Uh, the coronavirus happened. When the coronavirus happened, the people who cannot um, uh, don't have jobs. Uh, the the old people who cannot cook or uh, <coughs> cannot uh, 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 integrate with the other community because this is what, what was happening. So we designed it for this, for, uh, for, for so it could be easy for the, uh, for the community and for us, a part of this was, was really good. And also uh, the, the, the mothers who are doing this, this is the, for, for the field, this is where they feel comfort helping the community and also working. Mm. So it's so basically you're employed and I think it's, it's part of the Victorian government's Working for Victoria initiative to be part of this program, right? And I think one of the, um, one of the real crises in Melbourne's path through the pandemic was the lockdown of the housing estates in Flemington and Ascot Vale. I think it was in last July. I mean, was that a, so many um, people in those housing estates are, um, you know, have a background in Africa? And one of the things that was so, I guess, you know, really striking about the food distribution to those housing estates was the was I guess the challenges and the importance of providing culturally appropriate food. You know the kind of food that people are, are used to eating. Um, it was that was that something that you saw in your community? Yeah, because when we ask the community, the one thing I they ask us is, is this appropriate for us to eat? So to provide this was something like they never expected before. And was really something good for the for the community. Yeah, right. So tell me about some of the food that you make. Like, what what is your food? Uh, we make uh, something called sukar, uh, which is a Somali dish. Uh, uh, meat cubes. We made rice. We make uh, 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 
chicken tagine. We make a variety of foods, African back, background, African, and also uh, Middle East. Right, because I know that you've got a, a chef there, Harris Ryan, who is part of the program as well, but I bet you're teaching him as much as he's um, able to teach you. Yep. Because what are some of the, you know, the skills that you need to um, cook those dishes you're talking about? Yeah, because it's different um, different techniques and also um, uh, we put a lot of onion into our dishes and a lot of spices, especially for Harris, it's hard for him. The hot spices, he's getting used to now, but it's, <laughs> it's hard for him, it was hard for him. So we, we learn, we, he learned from us uh, and we learn from him a lot how to how to uh, do the dishes, how for the measuring, because when we come, we didn't know for the me- measuring the foods well, how to, uh, how to use the technology the the ovens and these things and we don't know so he teach us all of this and we teach we teach him our food and our background and it's part of us now <laughs> it's, it's so great so do you do you hope to continue to work in food Fahan or is that your background did, did you work in food previously yes 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 we have a, a East African uh, cuisine East African sisters in in uh, in registered business me and my partner. And we done this through the council, council helping us to do this. And we also make um, uh, we make dishes, uh, all dishes, especially Somalian dishes. And we also we have a chili sauce, which is called basbas. So we we also uh, the municipality council help us to produce this from the scratch. Even we don't we don't know where to start. So they help us. And now we are registered business. Uh, well known from the community and we, we we're very good we're hearing very good oh i really i need to get my hands on some of this chili sauce i, I have to i love putting chili sauce on everything so yeah i need to you need to hook me up yep we will thank you <laughs> what's the tell me about the chili sauce like what goes in it what's special about it uh, the chili sauce, uh, this is the mainly Somalian chili sauce, and also there's some Ethiopian on it. And it's uh, tomatoes, it's chilies. It's not too much spices because we make we make less uh, the spices because we know uh, the community or everyone don't like too much chili sauce, so we make it less. And it's um, the uh, also there's some dates for the sweetness. There's some uh, there, there's some vegetables there. Okay, yeah. and would you put it on the tagines and the the meat dish that you spoke about? Yeah, yeah, we put everything everywhere. Yeah, great. Everything can eat here. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna put it yeah. on everything too. Um, so, <laughs> thank you. How um, how many women are working in the program with you? Fourteen, fourteen women. Awesome, and them all from Africa. Yeah. Okay. Uh, There's uh, mainly mainly Africa. Okay, and are you all Islamic women? Yeah, uh, yes, mainly, yeah. Okay. So what? how do you feel as, a, as an Islamic woman, an African immigrant here in Melbourne? Have you found um, life difficult? What have the challenges been? Have you been, do you feel like you've been welcomed? Yeah, mainly we're welcome. But the, when you're looking for a job, it's hard when you're wearing the hijab or uh, you don't have that skills or you don't know where to start. It's really hard. Like this program, it helped us to have this, you know, opportunity. So we can say that we have this experience 
for for they can look for us our resumes and we we do this program so like this program is something like the community needs and we can look for jobs other jobs even if you work this field mm, absolutely so if you look to the future and you know what would be your your biggest dream that you could do now that you've had this experience and uh, my biggest dream was this uh, we're doing this uh, source to be well known all uh, over Australia and also in the world. Cool. Uh, all right. Yes. Let's let, we're going to make this happen. <laughs> um, so, Fahan, can you tell me about your life before you came to Australia and um, yeah, what made you come here? Yeah, before I came to Australia, I was in Cairo with my aunt. So we came here while well, it was my, me and brother as a refugee and we was really young. So to adapt to the different culture and different, it uh, was really hard in the beginning. But now we're getting used to, I get married here. I have uh, six kids. The oldest one is now 20 and the youngest one is eight. So the life is going good. It's going good ahead. We're going good. Yeah, right. It sounds yeah. that sounds really busy to have six kids. Yeah, it's busy. It's so manageable. <laughs> That's uh, fantastic. And what about before you were in Cairo? Like, did you were you born in Somalia? Yeah, born in Somalia. We left there when the war happened in, in Somalia. And how old were you when you left Somalia? I was very young, around 10, 10, 11. Oh, okay, right. And then how long were you in Cairo? Uh, four years. Okay. So you came here as a teenager, more or less. Yeah, yeah. I think so many people in Australia don't know much about the situation in Somalia and about the war there. Can Can you tell us a bit more about it and what life was like for you there as a child? Yeah, the the the, the war was a civil war, and the people was fighting and was really. I, I remember it was really hard, especially. Uh, uh, the, because uh, the, to to grow up now, I grow a person. I can understand how hard it is you know the people um, when you see uh, the killings and for for no particularly good reason for killing that person. But I think we as Somalias, we we now getting over this and it's getting better and better each 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 year or each decades. So uh, it was really hard. And 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 the most of people uh, they de- they they dead for nothing, killing each other because the the government or some people they wanted to be the the government uh, to go to the government and and ruling and different. Uh, we have the same culture, same religions, everything same, but just um, for the people they wanted the government. Everyone wanted to be a, a governor or near the governor. So that's why that's was the main reason that they fight in. Mm. It's just, I mean, it's, yeah, it's so sad. I mean, it's, war is always sad and, and tragic yeah. and, and and senseless. Um, there's always such senseless loss, but it's it's really hard for so many people in Australia to comprehend what you went through as a child. Um, and, yeah, I'm really, yeah, I'm really glad you were able to bring up your children in a more peaceful environment. Um, yeah, thank you. Yeah, it's just, it's a lot. Um, what about, you know, do you remember the food that you ate when you were a child? I, I, I know that there was a lot of stuff going on, but was food still something that could bring you pleasure in your family when you were little? Yeah, yeah, this is the food we eat in here. The same thing, so I cook the, the same food we eat in back home. 
So uh, the, uh, the food is it's it's same same, and we bring that food to the mom kitchen too, uh, when we cook it here. So uh, and my my kids also like my, our foods because they asked even my daughter the other day. She said, "Mom, you didn't cook that food, a particular food. You didn't cook this food. I didn't hear from those days. You didn't cook this. Food. Please cook it." So the kids even like our food, and and that's uh, we feel home when we eat in the morning the injera, especially the on on one of the Sundays and Saturdays. We feel home, and the kids too feel home. Mm, I love injera. So it's a fermented bread made with teff flour. I've I've spoken to people here who say that um, you can't make injera in Australia like it tastes in Africa because the water is different. Yeah, the the water is different. Um, maybe no, maybe not the water exactly. I'm not sure, but the taste is really different. Maybe the water, maybe, maybe this new thing I'm learning today. <laughs> oh, well, I don't know. Yeah. Like, that's, I, that's just what someone told me one time. They, well, maybe they weren't sure, but they thought, could it be the water? Could it be the flour? I mean, because there's not, there's, there's not that many ingredients, right? So, I mean, basically it's the teff, um, flour and water. Like there's nothing else that goes in it. So it has to be one or the other, unless it's, I don't know, unless it's something in the air, like the way, because it ferments, right? So I suppose there might be different cultures in the air that go into it and I don't know could it what could it be <laughs> yeah maybe the thing, other thing is um the things that make the make it rice you know the the, the, the things inside it because we used to buy from from the shops you know it's they made from us they made for us a special thing just to put it on and make rice so it never be exactly the same because everything, uh, even ha- uh, the other other um, uh, everything is different. So it's it's similar, but it's not exactly the same. Yeah, I guess you know there's this expression, you know, a taste of home, and I suppose you know it never tastes exactly like home unless unless you know you've, you're there and you've got everything the same. Um, what's the culture around around sharing food and around eating together? Um, in in Somalia or in your culture like is it do people gather for is the main meal in the evenings or is it earlier in the day and is does everyone sit down and and share like what's the culture there yeah it's mainly it's not in the evening it's a uh, it's around two 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 o'clock something like that and we this is the sharing we sit together we put in the plate a big plate and then everyone go around and then we sit together and we eat together and everybody eats uh, their side of the food so we we eat together and this is the and this is the love and the joy for the food if you eat together it's very good and tell me about cooking together is i mean do you what sort of um experience is it for you cooking together with the other women in the magnificent mamas project yeah because this is a first time we cook together so this is a good a good experience for us to know each other and also we know each other but you know work work in same field and 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 it's a good experience yeah, like, do you learn from one another, or does everyone make everything everything the same, or is it all a little? Everyone's got their own special touches. Yeah, we have a, a, a everyone have a role. In the morning, we say we have a role. It's what everyone doing it, and uh, we we have the menu. Uh, some people they measure it. Some people they cut it. The onion. Some beer, and we have a one, two, three. So every some people they are cooking, and others are cooking for the lunch for the staff. Okay. Yeah. And what's your specialty? Everywhere. Each, each, each day different. 
Okay. <laughs> Love it. Um, is there, is, I remember this um, breakfast, this Ethiopian breakfast I had. I don't know if it's the same in, in Somalia, but it's called Genfo. It's like a barley flour breakfast and then you have it with a spiced bebera butter. Is that um, something that you eat as well in the mornings? Uh, not in the morning. Uh, similar. We have a similar thing, the angero, and, and we put the angero in the meat cubes, which dried, uh, dried, and, and, and also when, when you dry it, you, you fry it. Ooh. You dry it in the air, then you fry it. Ah, like is it? And that's, it it's called otka. Is it? And is that from the leftover injera from the night before? And no, no, we do we do it in the special. We, yeah, special. We do it in the morning. We do it in, at night time. We do it at night time, and then in the morning we do the anjera. So it can um, rise in meat. Well, so it rises overnight. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. amazing. I love it. Um, so Fahan, tell me more about um what it's been like for your community to go through the pandemic um what's what are some of the experiences that you guys have, have um been through yeah the i think the mainly is when you have a one lift and everyone is coming that lift and and you don't know which one have corona or not uh, it's, it's really hard especially when you live in the high rises it's really very hard and and as our, our community, we we live together like yeah like we we don't we don't separate we live together we knock we knock each the other door without saying I'm coming you go everywhere, so it's like it's like a village there <laughs> we go together, so it's when the pandemic and they say don't go to the houses or don't do this was really hard it's like rules you know you have to pay but it was really hard. It must be really, yeah, just make life completely different. And um, did people that you know uh, have coronavirus? Yeah. And people I know even dead from the coronavirus. Oh, no. Yeah. Wow. I'm so sorry. That's It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> so people in the t- from the towers? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. But, uh, not not Filimenton in, in, in North Melbourne. Yeah, right. Some people I know, yeah. That's, you know, it's so sad. I think, you know, a, a lot of us feel like we've been insulated from the worst impacts of coronavirus because it hasn't been as bad in Australia as in so many countries around the world. But, of course, you know, we have had it here and it has been, you know, it has gone through some communities. And, yeah, it's just, it's really, we really need to remember that. Yeah. Um, what a, so was the tower that you live in part of the hard lockdown that happened before we went into our long Melbourne-wide lockdown? Yeah, I was living that year before, and I know most of all all of the community there, and it was really hard, especially when the lockdown. Nobody knows when, when if you have a notice, you can grab what you want or you can do. It was really hard, and it looked like you know harsh for the for the community. Because they didn't have a time, they didn't have notes, they didn't have nothing. They just see the police coming, and it was really very hard. We're talking about a lot now; it's getting over, but it's really it was really hard for the community that that one. It was really hard. I mean, did you feel like it was a discrimination? Yeah, part of us we feel it was discrimination because everyone else they have the notes. Why this community didn't have the notes? 
this 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 question will always will always there because I'm talking about not myself but I'm talking about the other other people thinking too. They 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 thought that that's what is happening because they didn't have the notes they didn't have the nobody ask it uh, nobody tell them you know this is going to happen even three four hours will make a difference. But it didn't happen and I don't think so. It, it was really. Uh, the, when the when the when the government when people are doing they were doing the concern we understand concern but the other way was was really something like unexpected. Mm. Yeah, it just seemed really chaotic and just really really harsh. And I mean, I know that you know there's yeah. I mean, that's what the health advice said, but I just think. I mean, it it felt like looking at it from my perspective that it built on a whole lot of disadvantage that was already entrenched, you know, like that there wasn't, I mean, firstly, I suppose that people are living in big towers anyway, when there are lots of other ways that people can be housed. And I know that, you know, there's been a some big announcements subsequent to that about building more community housing that perhaps, you know, is where you're not, you know, having to use one lift where things are really well maintained. And, you know, I guess we also heard that you know there wasn't information in every language that was necessary about, you know, protecting your community from coronavirus. Just feels like there's there are so many things that we could do better as a community to keep everybody safe and to have everybody housed really, you know, in a way that feels good to them. Um, I mean, do, do you feel like that there's, it's possible that this was a turning point and things can be better or do you feel like, um, yeah, things are just going to continue the same? No, I think this uh, we can learn from it what happened. Uh, there's going to be learning point, you know, what what's going to come next time. We hope it, it don't come again. But if it come, even for us, for the community, they are ready now, they're more ready than before. And there's uh, more understanding about it than before. Uh, if we have the uh, on the walls in the in the uh, downstairs of the, if there's every language, you know, how to protect yourself, everything will be better. You know, the people, they know uh, what's coming. But this, as you say, this we're going to learn from it. And I think it's going to be better if, if it come again. Because, mm. I mean, I can see, you know, you talk about this, you sort of paint this picture of, of a almost like a vertical village where people are in and out of each other's homes and everybody knows each other. And there must be, you know, so many positive things about um, living so closely with people and people that you know or you get to know. Um but do you feel like that's like is do you feel like people will, would like to live in a different way or that people are happy to live in the towers um most of people uh i think they 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 like to they like to stay together but i think if they have the some of the families if they have the option of getting uh, the house in other other houses like house normal house i think they like they doing now right now i think they will be happy they will happy to go but some, some also, some people, especially the old people, they like to, to stay with the in, in the community. Yeah, yeah. It's really, you know, I I love working in food and writing about food and talking about food and thinking about food because I feel like it's a really great way to connect with people. And when I, th- I think about your program, like it's it's um 
you're you're cooking food that you know from your culture and you're distributing it to people in your community and 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 I know there's this ambition to go wider with it but how do you think we could do better in Australia in using the opportunity of connecting through food and really creating connections with different parts of the community so that it's not just you know it's not it's not just that you're cooking for people who already know that they want your food, but that this food can be introduced to people who don't know about it yet. Yeah, I think because like this program, extending this program is one of the keys of giving the other people, like the other Australian people, the opportunity to test our food uh, to be, um, the, the other people can integrate with together. Because when you have the other people's food, you know these people, how they how how they feel or f- from the food so i think uh, like the like something like this program to be extend to be um well known we are hoping that you know the mom kitchen to be well known um, everywhere in australia and also uh, give other people the opportunity not only for team women there's a uh, hundred women to give other other women's opportunity to have uh, like uh, like jobs like, like this or um, when they finish here, like when we finish this, we can we can look other jobs. We have this we have this background. We can we can do this, so we can, we can have other jobs. We can look other jobs, and we give other other women like this opportunity. Not only African women, but the other 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 women and other cultures, and and we want it like this to be grow and grow. I love it. I'm sh- <laughs> it's yeah. I love the I love the vision, yeah. and um, yeah, I really hope it happens. Because do you feel like if people yeah. do you feel like people can get to know you through your food and the the way that you cook? Yeah, ab- absolutely. Yeah. Why do you think yeah. that is? Yeah, because when when you when you like the food, you like the people. When you like when you like the food, you you like the people. You you can see you know you can you can tell these people you know when you're eating the food that you like it, and you can you can you can integrate together. You can ask questions. You we you can go where they where they live and eat their food if you already tested it. So I think through the food, the people will not, will know each other more. Yeah, I think that's I think that's. That's really true, and I feel like in Melbourne we do that to some degree. And you know, in Australia, Australia is is a very multicultural country, and I think there is a lot of learning and sharing and understanding that grows through food. But I also think we could do it a lot better, um, in a really in a really deep way, and um, yeah, really engage uh, with one another and um, just promote that community feeling and and deeper understanding. Um, I, I don't want to generalize, but you know, do you find that the men in your community are overall supportive of the w- women finding these employment opportunities? Yeah, they are because um, it's, even for them, they only uh, it's, it's really hard to some of them hard job, but uh, for our men, if you're working, they they okay. But the problem is when you have um, uh, smaller kids and, and and five six kids, it's hard for the women to work. Not, it's not about the men; it's about the women to work. Because when the men go work and you, and you want to work and you have uh, the kids, you know. And for us, uh, as a moms, we love to stay with our kids. So when the kids grow, it's easy for us to look for a job. When the kids young, the moms they love to stay with the kids. So. So they, this this is only the the problem, but but I think our men will support us if we 
you have a job. Great. And I, I suppose, you know, with all women and, you know, with families in general, it's so important to have kid-friendly hours and to have really good, affordable, accessible childcare. So I guess these these pictures are quite complex and there's so many different parts of our society that um, that need to intersect properly to, you know, create the opportunities for everybody. Um, oh, it's it's been so fantastic to talk to you, Farhan. Can you just... Um, tell me if, uh, or I shouldn't say if, but when, when we meet for a meal, what will we eat? We're going to together Sukar. We will go, we will look together African food, East African food, mainly East African food. We, you, you can eat uh, anjera, we do with anjera. We, we, you can eat also basmati um, rice, which we make it very nice. Uh, you can eat fried foods together good i look forward to it i can't wait uh thank you so much Fahan, for sharing your story your wisdom and your ambitions with us today i really wish you all the best and all the all the women at mama's kitchen i wish you all success thank you and so chili much. sauce for everybody around the world <laughs> thank you thank you so much this is dirty linen and i'm danny valent we air the issues that the hospitality industry finds hard to talk about. We spend a week thrashing around each issue, hearing from different people with unique perspectives. We want to hear from you as well. If you have something that needs to be said about a topic, get in touch so we can include your perspective. Contact us at dirtylinen at deepintheweeds.com.au or hit us up on Insta at Dirty Linen Podcast. We can't wait to hear from you. This.